Welcome to Infuse Church Online, and thanks for joining us for part two of our series, The Five Ways to Grow Your Faith. Have you ever been asked to pray and tried to avoid it? Have you ever wondered if God is listening and why we should even pray in the first place? If prayer has ever been an issue for you, I am glad you're here today because that's what we're going to talk about. Stick around. When I lived out in Seattle, Stephanie and I were, were living out in Seattle, um, and I was working at a church, and we had invited one of our friends to go to church for the first time, and as you can imagine, being a person who's never been in church ever in their entire lives, going to church could be a definitely uh, a new experience, uh, to say the very least, and for him, he didn't get caught so much on, on the prayer part. But he got caught up on the offering part because the bucket started and he was at the end of the row. So when the bucket started, he grabbed the bucket and he held on to that bucket. And he didn't understand that you were supposed to pass the bucket until Stephanie grabbed the bucket out of his hand, in which he was slightly offended, but then he eventually figured it all out, right? And I mean, imagine for the first time seeing someone pray. And you probably see somebody pray on TV or in movies or things like that. So you kind of have some experience regardless of whether you're not being turned. You've been to church before, but, but if you were seeing prayer happen for the first time, at least in Christian prayer, imagine what you would think to yourself, because it'd kind of be a little, little strange. Everybody's bowing their heads, and, and they're folding their hands, and they're closing their eyes, and you're looking at them, and you're like, why? Like, like if, if their eyes are open, does it not work then? Is this like a magic thing? If you squeeze them, you know, you grit your teeth, and it, the prayer goes better? And I'll be honest with you, when I was a little kid, um, like six, seven years old or something, I thought by folding your hands, you were creating like a satellite dish of sorts. And so the prayer was going to go out of your heart up to Jesus like that. And so I really made sure it was there, okay? So got good reception. Um, but, but definitely, um, prayer could be a strange experience. And so when we, when we looked at the series, Five Ways to Grow Your Faith, I thought to myself, hey, it might be a good idea to talk about prayer and at the very least explain the basics because we don't have enough time in the world to get through prayer in its entirety, but we can talk about the basics and understand things like why do we take this posture when we pray? And that's really what it is. And so real quick, before we jump in today, prayer is a posture that we take when we do this. In other words, just like if you grew up and you were in track or something like that, when you started the race, what did you do? Got down on all fours, right? Because from that angle, you could start faster than if you were just standing up. And so in preparation for whatever you were about to do, you took a different posture to prepare yourself for that. And so prayer, this kind of action is essentially along those same lines. You're just in reverence. You're closing your eyes so you can focus. You're folding your hands. You're bowing your head kind of like in humility and, and just reverence to what you're doing. And, and that's really why those actions exist. But I'll be honest with you and don't tell anyone this, but if you open your eyes, because sometimes I'll even pray with my eyes open, it still probably works, okay? But, but you didn't hear that from me. So anyways, um, likely though, as I was thinking about this, um, even no matter where you are in your faith journey, all that kind of stuff, regardless of your beliefs or et cetera, it's likely we've all prayed before. Regardless of if you're a Jesus follower, you've been doing this for a long time or a little time or none at all, we've likely all prayed before because we've all been frustrated We've all been in traffic, right? We've all been hoping that Janine and accounting would get her act together and get us those numbers so we could do our job, right? You know who I'm talking about, probably not a Janine, but somebody else, right? Or, or you, you prayed when you're sitting behind someone and they're just inching along and you're so frustrated, you're like, Lord, I just pray that you would help them put the push the gas a little harder, right? 
Like, Lord, I don't know if going this slow is a sin, but it should be. It should be. Lord, I don't know if you can help me, but if you could, just fix him, fix her. Ever prayed that in a marriage or relationship? Or then there's the really serious prayers. And this is where I think all of us have at least tried to pray once in those serious moments where we need almost like a miracle. Like we need some healing. Or we need some relief from our suffering. Or we just, we just want an answer to something. And then that's when we pray. And it makes sense, really, that we've all prayed because we all communicate. Communication is really important to who we are. And like we talked about last week, um, if, if you were here, we talked about the difference between belief and faith. Belief and faith. Because some of us believe things, but we don't have faith in things. For example, some of us believe in the idea of the U.S. government. We believe in democracy. But not all of us would probably say that you have faith in the U.S. government. Not all of you would say that you trust politicians to actually do what they're going to say they're going to do. And that's the difference between believing something and having faith in something. It's a degree of trust. The more you trust something, the more apt you are to say, I have not just belief in someone, but I have faith in that person. And one way that you can grow trust in a relationship is by talking. And when you talk to God, we call that prayer. And, and isn't it true that if you trust someone really well, right, you probably get along with them. It's easy to talk to someone. It's easy to talk to those people whom you already would say that you trust. Those people you talk to often, you probably trust them. The people that you enjoy talking to, you trust them. Because conversations and the understanding, the relationships that develop through communication is the bedrock for, for, excuse me, for a healthy relationship. Just as the opposite is true, if you take trust out of it, belief, or excuse me, faith is very difficult to have. If you take trust out of it, if you don't communicate, trust just erodes away over time, right? If, if all you talk about is just the logistics and things and the basic uh, things going on in your life, if you don't actually talk about beliefs and values and, and desires and hopes and dreams in your relationships with other people, your, your relationships tend to be shallow. And, and it's shallow because there's not a lot of trust. There's not a lot of depth there. Just like maybe you have a family member or, or a friend or someone you don't talk to or you've just kind of stopped talking to. There's probably not that much trust in that relationship, is there? And so that's why I thought if we're going to grow our faith, if we're going to grow our trust, then we should talk about prayer as it relates to our conversations with God. Because regardless of where you are in your faith, I hope that you would agree with me at, at the very least in this, that prayer or speaking with God impacts our faith in God. That if we speak with God, just like we speak with those people around us, just like we speak in relationships that we have every single day with other people, speaking with God impacts our faith in God just as our trust builds with those we speak to a lot. But also acknowledging that if you're someone who says, well, Taylor, I don't, I don't talk to God, then I could imagine that there isn't much of a relationship there. I'm not saying that is a mean thing or for you to feel bad. I just think it's something that we have to acknowledge it because you acknowledge it every day in all the relationships around you. You don't talk to people. You probably don't trust them that much. 
If you don't talk to God, then you probably don't trust him that much, let alone have a relationship with him. And so I thought it'd be really good to answer the question, how do we pray? That if one day you want to try it, if you've never done it before, or don't do it that often, or if you want to grow your faith, as this series implies, or you could today at least get some basic tools, basic know-how on how to actually do it. Now today, I'm not going to do a lot of the teaching. I'm not going to talk, but I'm really going to let Jesus do all the teaching here because he talked directly to answering this question. And now as Christians, we believe that Jesus was the Son of God. In other words, that God came down to earth and walked among us in a human way in which we could understand and interact and have a relationship with him and understand him better. And Jesus explains prayer because that's kind of part of his time on earth was to help us understand some things. He explains what prayer is supposed to be about. And he does so in a really, really big sermon. If you grew up in church, you probably heard about it before. Jesus gets up on a mountain really long sermon, like you think my sermons are long, like this is a long one, okay? And Jesus gets up there and he preaches the sermon, or excuse me, preaches the sermon on the mount, okay? And this was like his best hits. This was, if Jesus had a CD, this would be his best hit CD, all right? Because, and we know this because he repeats it multiple times, like in the Gospel of Luke, there's another sermon and it's a lot of the same stuff, and then he talks about the same topics in other places throughout his ministry. This was his greatest hit. And one of his greatest hits in Matthew chapter 6, which is where we're going to be today, and we're going to cover a lot of territory. And so I bring up that, hey, you should read your Bible and follow along and all that good stuff. But today might be a good day because we're going to cover a lot of, a lot of verses today. Um, Jesus talks about prayer in Matthew chapter 6. So here's what he says. And when you pray, so we're talking about prayer, do not be like the hypocrites. So what I love about this is Jesus, before he even gets into the how to pray, okay, he addresses the hypocrite. Isn't that awesome? I think it's awesome. Okay, so do not be like the hypocrites before they, because for they love to pray standing in the synagogues, so standing like up in the church, and on the street corners, like going up to street corners, highly populated areas, to be seen by others. This is a, oh, look at me kind of a prayer. It's like, don't do that. Don't make it about you. Don't make it, it, this would be like you bringing your whole family out of your house and then setting up like some chairs or just standing in, in your front lawn so all your neighbors could see and hear you talking and then having an intense discussion just so that all your neighbors could look at your family and say, oh my gosh, they have it all together. I mean, look at that husband and wife. They communicate so well. I mean, wow. I mean, that's what it'd be like. It'd just be weird. And so if you wouldn't have your big intense conversations that you have with your family out in front in your front lawn around all your neighbors, then probably don't do this with prayer is essentially what Jesus is saying. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't do it because you want to be seen by others. Do it because you care. Do it because you want to develop trust in a relationship. Truly, I tell you, Jesus says, if that's what you're going to do, truly, I tell you, you will receive your reward in full. Those hypocrites, they will receive the reward in full. And what's the reward? That people saw because God probably, essentially what he's insinuating, God probably not going to do anything for you. But people saw you, and that's your reward. So if that's all you want, then go ahead and do that. But if you want to have a meaningful conversation, here's the next thing you need to keep in mind. But when you pray, go into a room inside your house. Close the door so that other people don't disturb you. And pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. 
When you want to have a meaningful conversation with someone, what do you do? You say, hey, could, could we step out for a second? Or you kind of just pull them aside, right? And you have a one-on-one -on -one conversation because you care, because you want to develop a healthy relationship, because you want to work through something. Better yet, when this rings, generally speaking, what do you do? You step out. Or you ignore it. Okay, <laughs> I mean, you can, but this is God, so your call, okay? But if you're going to accept the call, okay, that, you know, what do you do? You step out. You close the door. You don't, disturb other, you don't disturb other people. If it's an important person, you give them your undivided attention. And so it may feel strange to think in terms of prayer as doing the same thing, but really it's not. We do it all the time. And all we're saying is when it comes to God, Give him the same respect that you give your boss when your boss calls or when your mom calls or when your dad calls or your husband calls and you step away. Now, here's the next part. And if you have ever been afraid about praying out loud in front of people, like, hey, you're in a small group or you're in a community or it's Sunday morning and I'm like, hey, would you pray or something? You're like, oh, it's so uncomfortable, okay? This should help. And when you pray, do not keep babbling like the pagans do. For they think they will be heard because of their many words, their fancy words, their Christian holiness and righteousness and justificationness and, and all those big words. Don't do it because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask. See, if you want to build trust, if you want to have honesty, if you want to have clarity in a relationship, then speak in a way that people can understand you. That's okay. So if you have to ever pray in front of people before and you're like, well, the Bible says not to pray in front of people, you know what I mean. Like, don't, you know, mix my words here, okay? Okay, not, when you're praying for others and you're in a room or all that stuff, don't worry that you have to have big fanciful words. Well, Pastor Taylor prays and just sounds so elegant, smooth and all that stuff. Well, I pray a lot, okay? And when you do too, you will have a little bit easier time conversing, just as when your relationship with someone develops, you have an easier time talking to them, okay? That's what it is about. Because God already knows what you want. You don't have to use big, fancy words to convince God. He just deeply appreciates hearing from you. Just as your mama deeply appreciates hearing from you when you call. And your papa deeply appreciates hearing from you when you call. God does too. He's just sitting there like, thank you for taking time to spend with me. I appreciate it. 15 minutes from your big day, I appreciate it. Then, with all that as the backdrop, Jesus gets into the structure of how we are to pray. Then, this is how you should pray. Now listen, some of you know what comes next. In fact, some of you memorize what comes next. You had to memorize it to like pass Sunday school or catechism or or to get, you know, engage, uh, get, uh, like stand up front and they say you're now a member of the church and all that stuff. Remember, some of you had to memorize what's called the Lord's Prayer because that's what's about to come next. But before we even get there, look at what Jesus says, or actually what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, then this is what you should pray. He says, this is how you should pray. This little word right here, if, if you're new to reading the Bible, the, the New Testament is writ written in ancient Greek. And this word right here is tuos, this little word right there. And in Greek, that means in a manner of, in this way. This is not a verbatim thing. This is a structure thing. I'm going to teach you how to do it. I don't want you to go out and just repeat it. 
Now, you grew up repeating it or you're in the habit of repeating it. It's not bad at all. I don't want to say, well, stop saying the Lord's Prayer. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that when, they, when people ask Jesus, how should I pray? He responded and said, this is how you should pray. But, but it's okay to make it personal. Because just as you change for your spouse how you love them, just as you change how you speak to certain people, you can do that with God. You can do that with God because relationships are dynamic. There's a lot of ways to say I love you. There's a lot of ways to show affection. There's a lot of ways to apologize. There's a lot of ways to ask for something. And it's okay if you stray a little bit from the verbatim words. There's many ways to build faith, to build trust. So Jesus says, this is how I want you to pray, not what I want you to pray. Have a little creative, make it a little personal. And here's how the rough outline goes. Now, if you've memorized this, don't get too far ahead of me because for some of us, we just say it so fast because we know it. But I just want you to stop and actually read the words on the page because it will matter. Our Father. Our Father. Interesting. Before we've even gotten too much into this, we're not talking about me. We're talking about our Father. Because isn't it true how most of us actually begin prayers? We begin our prayer with, God, I really need this, or God, I need help with that, or God, they need to get moving, or God, I hope you smite them. My goodness, they have misbehaved. Before you get any of that, if you're going to ask for smiting, I just encourage you to at least start here. Our Father, God, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You're starting in a way that builds the other person up. Isn't that a brilliant relationship builder? Before you even get into what you want, you just start with building the other person up. Hey, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Not my name, your name. In other words, your first step to praying is to declare who God is. However that looks for you, listen, however that looks for you, start there. You get in a room, you're talking to God, and you just start with who God is to you. And I'll explain that. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. God, if I'm going to start a conversation with you, just as if I was going to start a conversation with someone else, I'm going to just start with like, hey, I'm just so proud of you. Wouldn't that be nice? Like if someone walked up to you and they're like, hey, I just, good to see you. And I just want to let you know how proud I am of you. The decisions you've made lately have been fantastic. You could, I guess you could do that with God. Lord, I'm just, just so proud of you. Way to be just a good God. I mean, if that's where you need to start, that's okay. If someone walked up to you and said, hey, great job. You're an awesome person. I appreciate this. That would be a great way to start the conversation, wouldn't it? So why not do that with God? Now, here's why I said you can insert kind of whatever that looks like for you is because if you struggle with this first point, or honestly, any of the other two points that I'm going to put up here, stop. It's okay. Some of us just feel like we just got to force our way through this thing. Just, our Father, we're in heaven, hallowed be the name. Like, you know, you know. But don't stop. If you're struggling, then stop. Why? Because if you're not sure that you actually have a Father in heaven, then the rest of it really doesn't matter, does it? If you're not sure that you hollow God's name, then the rest of it really doesn't matter. If your heart is struggling, then stop and then spend the rest of that 15 minutes that you've given to God in a quiet space to the figuring out why you have such an issue, why your heart is resistant to this idea of our Father, why your heart is resistant to hallow be your name. 
God, thank you. God, you're great. Why does my heart struggle with that? And then spend the rest of the time figuring that out. Ask God. Ask yourself. I guarantee you, if you took that time every day for like a week, something would grow. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it probably is going to be your faith, or at least the fledgling beginnings of a faith. But something will grow. And like I said last week, that's the very least that I would want for you. Is either you'd grow in your assurance that there is no God and Taylor's just up here and he's crazy, or that maybe there is the God and maybe he does answer prayer. So as we go through and I give you point two and three and you struggle with any of those, you should stop there. Maybe there's a difficult week and you're just struggling with, God, this week was terrible and I'm not sure. I believe you are my father in heaven because you don't feel like a good, good father, even though the song says you're a good, good father like a half dozen times. So, Father, I'm going to stop right here and we're just going to talk about it. That's okay. Now, it continues with a bit more of you before me. It continues with a bit more of declaring who God is and what God's got going on before we get to me. We'll get to me, but we're going to talk about God. Your name. Your kingdom come. Not my kingdom. Like, I, I can envision my kingdom and what I dream of and what I want, my desires, but I want to talk about your kingdom first, God. I want to talk about your will first, God. On earth as it is, in heaven. God, before it comes to me, I just start with you. Because listen, if God really is your heavenly Father, and God really has your best interests in mind, which I believe that he does, if God really wants the best thing for your marriage and your family and your career, then why not just go with whatever God wants and whatever God's will is for you, for your life? And you can disagree with this, but, but just think about this. Because I don't know, I, I mean, I don't want to impose again too strongly my beliefs on you, but I would like a little heaven in my earthly marriage. If you don't, that's cool. I don't want to force it. But I would like a little heaven in my earthly marriage. I would like a little heaven in my job. I'd, look a, I'd like a little heaven in my relationship with my kid. Don't you? Don't we want a little slice of heaven to be in our lives, on earth as it is in heaven? To get heaven into our earthly lives and our earthly worlds, we have to be willing to put our will aside and say, God, your will first. Your will first. Now, I think you could just end it right there and that'd be fine. I understand that some of us are like, well, I have some words for God and I'd like to ask some things. And so Jesus, understands that too and so jesus actually goes there okay and and this is the part that we kind of like god give me today my daily bread make it a really big bread like sourdough a little bit of butter fresh jam for grilled cheese fans like myself maybe a little grilled cheese that'd be great it's the me part isn't that interesting i like this part so much isn't it interesting if you grew up in church that when you prayed this line, this is actually what you thought in your heart and your mind. You thought, give me today my daily bread. And what's even more interesting is, this is actually not Matthew 6, 11. I, I actually changed this verse. But that's what we think. We think this is the me part. It isn't the me part. This is the part where if you've grown up with this prayer, you say it just so, so quick, you don't realize what you're actually saying. Because it's not give me and it's not my daily bread. It's give us 
today. Our daily bread. This is why I think you should read the Bible because even in the, the part which is supposed to be about us, God's saying, time out. When you go asking for your basic nutrition, the basic needs that you need in your life, don't just stop with me. Go to us. Lord, give all of us our daily bread. Give all of us what we need. Not just me, but us. Why would you not just go that extra step? It's not about what I want, because guess what? My dreams and my wants could hurt the people around me. If I sit down and, and we're praying at the table and I'm like, you know, one of the prayers that, that we've been praying recently is like just a better balance in life and clarity of future decisions. Lord, I just want your will in our balance of our life and our future decisions. If I just said me, then that would be, then Stephanie and Elia and our future second daughter, is we're going to all just have to work around me. I don't want that. I want it for us. Our needs, our dreams, our aspirations, what, what God is going to give us. So number two, discuss what we need. Not us need, or me need, but we need. And, and I also want all these to start with D, so you could say ask what we need, but so it all stayed to the same. It's going to be discuss. You can have a discussion with the Lord about this. When was the last time? I mean, honestly, like when was the last time you, you prayed prayed, not just for what you needed, but what your family needed. Or you just prayed for your needs and didn't think about your family. Which one's more common if, if you pray? I'm guessing it's what you need, not so much what everybody needs. Personally, I'll be honest with you, um, and I was thinking about this last night, just kind of like checking, checking myself a little bit, and it's like, have I ever prayed you know, you're a pastor and you start a church, okay, and, and you want things to grow. But I can tell you, honestly, I have never once prayed for a bigger church. Never prayed for a bigger church. I've never, I can honestly tell you, never prayed building. I know some of you want a really big building really, really soon, okay? I'm just telling you, I've never prayed for that. I have prayed. I promise you this. I have prayed for us. Oftentimes on the drive-in with a trailer, I pray for us. I pray for what we're going to do today and the community and the time we're going to spend together. I pray for what we need, not for what we want. And I pray for us. Now, I tell you, there is a big difference because God will then only give you what you need. And you will have to learn, learn to live on only what you need. And it will stretch you. I can admit to you that it will grow you and it will be challenging, but it will grow you in profound ways. You will learn to love better. You will learn to be patient and kind and forgiving if you pray only for what you need, not for what you want. Just something to consider up to you. And then the last part we're kind of familiar with. I'm not sure some of us always like it. But and forgive us our debts, or some of us grew up with, and forgive us our sins, as we also forgive those who have sinned against us or are our debtors. In other words, sin is when we cost something, we take something from someone and we don't, Repay. In other words, sin is when we hurt someone or we hurt God, we take something from them, and it causes them pain, causes them hurt. It brings a little loss of life to their lives. They're never going to get that back. And when, honestly, we really can't repay it back. We can try, but we'll never get it quite back to normal. That's what sin is. 
in a way. That's why it's a debt. And so, in other words, if, if we want forgiveness from God, we should probably give forgiveness. And then he continues and he says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In other words, keep evil out of our lives, Lord, because no one wants that. Sounds fair, right? In other words, part three, depend on God. Depend on God. Because what are you all saying in here? Forgive us our debts. I can't forgive me my debts, but you can, Lord. You can forgive me my debts. I'm kind of dependent on you. Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I can't always do this well. I'm going to make some bad decisions. I'm going to be tempted. I'm going to make terrible decisions, look back, and regret it. It's going to be hard and painful. In fact, I've probably already done that. I know I've already done that personally. So Lord, just help me to get away from that. And the only way I know I'm going to do that successfully is depend on you. And that's it. That's the whole Lord's Prayer. Some of you are like, well, wait, Taylor, that's not all. And there's the little ending part, right? For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Yeah, that's not in there. I know. This is why you've got to read your Bible. That's not actually in there. The reason it's not in there is because of a thing, and you can look this up later, called textual criticism. In other words, you've got a lot of different versions, and they try to put them all together and pretty much figured out that that little ending piece didn't get added till years later. We don't think it was actually part of the original prayer. But it is kind of weird, let's be honest, it's a little weird to think of like that's the end. Have you, ever, have you ever heard the Lord's Prayer sung? Anybody ever heard the Lord's Prayer sung before? Our Father. No one, seriously? Okay, I will sing it to you and then you can say you have. No, I'm just kidding, okay? But it'd be like really weird. We actually had this sung at our wedding, okay, Steph and I, we had it sung at our wedding, okay? Could you imagine getting into this and lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Done. You may kiss the bride. You know, it'd just be super, super weird. Right? But it sounds a lot better, and then the whole song, like, builds, and for thine is the kingdom. Okay. Anyway, so you can go look it up on home. Okay? When you go home. All right? So that part was just kind of added, but here's really where it ends. Now, you can add it if you're more comfortable. That's fine. But this is the end. So how do you pray? You pray like this. You start, part one, declare who God is. Your own words, in your own way. However that looks for you. Spend as much or as little time on that as you need to move on with good conscience. If you're not comfortable with that, then stop. Because if you move on, you won't grow. Because here's where your problem is. Very few of us have a problem with the whole daily bread and asking for things. We may have more of a problem with here. So stop here if you need to. It's okay. And figure it out. And then, declare who God is. Discuss what we need, not I need, what we need, forces you to think on yourself. It forces you to think about maybe what God wants and not what we want. And the last one is depend on God. That God, after we've declared who you are, we've discussed what we need, I just want to communicate that to get this through, to see this to the end, I am dependent on you. Lord, I need your help, your forgiveness, your strength, your love, be able to do this well. Not my version of love, your version of love. Not my version of forgiveness, which oftentimes means a lot more like forgetfulness, like we're just forgetting and we call that forgiveness, but that's not how God does it. God knows and God chooses to forgive. If you have issues with that, back up to our last series we just finished with bad blood. But we depend on God for that. Now I hope 
If you take this home, you take a picture of it on your cell phone, so you get home this week and you commit to praying, whatever you need to do to do that, that this will help get you through this. This will help some of you to grow in your faith. But before you leave, before we sing our last song, I just I want to ask a little bit of a pointed question. Because I, I feel a little remiss if I don't just honestly talk about this with you. What if it's really not what if it's not really about the how? In other words, we haven't prayed. We don't pray. We haven't prayed in a long time. Not because we don't know how, or at the very least we couldn't muddle our way through, but it's because it's something else. Have you ever seen a kid, or maybe your child has done this, I know all of your kids are perfect little angels, but have, have you ever had a child who has said to you, you they, they're trying to do something, tie their shoe or something like that, or put on a shirt, whatever it is, okay? It's really simple. You know that they could get it, and they look at you and they say, Mom, Dad, Uncle, Aunt, I don't know how. They pull the I don't know how card, and you look at them and you're like, either you could figure it out if you just took a second to think about it, or no, you know how and you just want an easy out. You know what I'm talking about? That kind of behavior? How much of that, for some of us, is why we don't actually pray? It's not because we couldn't figure it out. It's just because of something else. It's that we don't want to pray. That it actually... What if it's really about how to pray? It's really about the who. It's really about the who you pray to and the what he may say. That really you and I don't pray. Let's be honest with ourselves here. Don't try not to put those defenses up and like, oh, I don't, this is not me. I'm fine. I can pray. I'm a man. You know, whatever it is. Okay. What if it's really about the who you're praying to and the what he may say in response? Because deep down, if I'm really, really honest, I don't want God to come back and tell me not to buy that thing. I don't want God to come back and say, don't date her. Don't date him. You know it. Your heart's saying, there's some red flags here. This didn't happen well. This transition, now we're dating, and it's kind of, I don't know. And, but gosh, she's just so gorgeous. Oh, he's so handsome. And and I'm just not even going to pray about it because honestly, I don't want God to tell me the truth. I don't want to apologize. And I know if I sat for 15 minutes alone in a closet with God, I would probably walk out and feel a great sense of burden to apologize. I would feel an immense burden to forgive my spouse, to love my enemy, to give to the church. Uh-oh, that's awkward. I don't want to talk about it. La, 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 la. What if it's really about who you're praying to and what God may tell you in response? I don't want to admit my deepest, darkest hurts to other people. So I certainly don't want to admit them to God. I don't want him to tell me that it's not good. I don't want him to tell me that I should probably try harder, that I should probably do the right thing, because what is the right thing anyways? And I just, that's uncomfortable. What if God checks me on my desires and my honesty and reality? I just don't think I want to trust God and what he has to say. Then probably won't. And you won't have much of a faith. 
and you will be stuck at the very most, at the most, in just simple belief. Because there's not much of a relationship there. Because there's not much of a trust there. Because you haven't wanted to develop it. I'm not telling you this to make you feel terrible or feel bad if this is you. I just want to be honest when it comes to prayer. Is it really not about the how? Because I just explained to you the basics of the how. So you can go do this. Why won't you? Or is it really about the who, who wants you to grow, who wants you to be the best you that he has created you to be and you just don't want to? You want to be the you you want to be and build the kingdom you want, not his kingdom, your kingdom. The slice of heaven sounds really nice. I'll take that. But the rest, eh. I'm telling you, trust will lead to that slice of heaven being a part of your life. So just honestly, why not just try? Just try. Because the healthiest relationship in your life are also the relationships in which trust is the most prevalent. Which trust seeps into every part of that relationship. Just as the most unhealthiest tend to lack a significant degree of trust. So why not put that trust into the Lord? And just see if you can develop a healthy relationship. It's not going to be perfect. It's not perfect with your other friends and your other family members. But I guarantee you, those healthy relationships, if you're thinking about like the healthiest, healthiest relationship you have right now, has that healthiest relationship not helped you? At the very least, impacted you? Probably, mostly for the better. Probably, yeah. Probably has. So why not just have that healthiest relationship be with the Lord, your Father in heaven, hallowed be his name, who wants to bring his kingdom, his perfect kingdom into your life. He wants a little slice of heaven into your life because he's a good father. And he's going to take care of your daily needs and your daily wants and your daily bread. He's going to take care of that. And he wants to keep evil out of your life. He wants to forgive you so you have an easier time forgiving others. Why not have that a part of your life? And you could start this week. If you would, bow your heads, fold your hands, close your eyes. Even if this is new to you, uncomfortable to you, to just take a posture for a moment of humility and of reverence to your Father in heaven. Let's just pray that God, our Father, thank you for who you are. Your love for us, your kindness for us. That, that you just weren't good enough, that you were too good to just stay in heaven, that you just didn't want to be apart from us this whole time, that you instead came to earth to walk among us and to teach us basic things, just how to even talk to you. Lord, thank you for that. That if you're a God that will go that far to love us, to care for us, you will be a God who will do right by us. So Lord, I just pray that your will be done in our lives. That your kingdom grown through our lives and the love we show to other people. And Lord, just provide what we need, not for what we want, not for what will grow our kingdom, but for what we need so we would grow in that. And Heavenly Father, I would just pray as we journey through that, that we would just be dependent on you, that we'd be dependent for your forgiveness, your acknowledgement, and the identity you give us. 
You'd keep things that were bad and negative and evil away from us as we go through our lives. And you would not let us forget or depend on your love for how we move through our life, how we treat people around us, how we care for people around us. Lord, we do this in your son Jesus' name. We pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's message. Now, the best place to start with prayer is simply by just praying. Set yourself uh, some time aside this week. Book it into your schedule if you have to, and go away for maybe 15 minutes in a room alone and pray like we just talked about. And then see if God interacts with you back or in the next week, the following week, if God responds in some way to your prayer, even if it's in a small way. Give it a shot, and I'd love to hear how it goes for you. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next week for part three.